Welcome to Under the Magnifier, where some really blind people discuss our favorite books, TV shows, and movies. Today, Dark Odin's going to be talking about The Lost Stars, so lots of Star Wars spoilers. Yeah. This part two, we're going to be starting at, I believe, chapter six, because we stopped at chapter five. I'm pretty sure where we stopped was after the whole, the pulse rifle they had to build. Not pulse rifle. Is it a pulse rifle? The cannon? Ion cannon? The laser cannon. Yeah, that whole debacle where they both got blamed and then... They thought it was another guy, but probably a teacher or some shit. They must sow the discord. Look, we're on chapter six now. Here the romance might be starting soon. The last chapter, I believe it was, they're about to start doing the laser cannon deal. And they discover his has been tampered with. And here they call the thing, is called into Dean Lark's office. And sees Sienna there. And is told that he may be to blame. Or, uh, it's canon not working. Oh yeah, because she got blamed and then her friend came in and said it was probably actually him because he was jealous of her test scores. Yeah, but they say that there's not enough evidence to prove and uh, to convict either of the students for the crime. And so, they both failed the test. Oof. And let's see. Oh no. Isn't this the school that kicks you out if you fail? I don't think they'll kick them out for this fail. But now they both have to watch their step from now on. Uh, they got like a, they're watching them now. Yeah, I believe it was one of those things where this little situation was almost like the kind of thing that they would let officers do as long as you didn't get caught. But in this, this situation, they kind of got caught, but there's not enough proof. So they can't do anything to them. So they're kind of just letting them go, but they got to watch their backs. Which is kind of funny, because in actual, like, if they were, like, actually, like, commanders and shit, they'd pull shit like this without proof and still get away with it. Yep. Oh, because, I mean, they don't frown on it as long as you don't get caught. Uh, they they just got caught. That's how it felt when you when you were reading the book. Yeah. They're like, hey, don't get caught. <laughs> we're not going to actually punish you because we want you to do this kind of shit, but don't get caught. <laughs> this is the crazy part, too, is when they're in there, it almost sounds like, you know, when they get out of the office, they're both going to be pissed with one another. But Sienna and Thane, like, she hears about him getting accused and all, and she's sitting there watching. And she just realizes through, I guess, his reaction and all, that, huh, he didn't do it. So then when they come out of the office, they're both like, you didn't do it, did you? And Thane's like, no, but you didn't do it either, did you? <laughs> they both just know that they didn't cheat. Somebody set them both up. Yep, and that's where they, they decide to look for the, the person that, that tried to set them up and all. And they pulled in the uh, her best friend. Now I'm going to blank on her name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I, yeah, I can't remember her name either. I'm blanking. Uh, Jude, that's what it was. I don't know why I was thinking of the name with an A or something, but they got Jude to come in because Jude is really good. With, like, finding the answers through tech and all of the stuff. Like, she can... can't say that she could hack, but she's, she's really good with computers. I think she could probably hack, but I don't know if she does that. She's just really good at looking up information and stuff. So much hacking, but, like, finding the trail they leave. Figuring out problems. Pierre got Jude to help, help them find evidence. She traced it back. That's what she was doing. She was tracing through all these different little deals to see where... Who was the last person that was in the room or, you know, getting into the video uh, camera feeds of the room to see who was in there. 
Yeah, because the last person in the room was technically Sienna because they used her access code. Yeah, yeah, that's how they, they kind of thought it was her. See, she started looking around and she wound up uh, tracing it back to the Office of Student Outcomes, which uh, this, when they find this out, this is where their relation begins to get a little bit strained because uh, when Jude announces this, Thane gets just really mad because he's like, how could they do this to us? Because it's pretty much the Academy that's doing it to him. Yeah. That's trying to split them apart and get them in trouble and stuff. And he's just like, how could they do this to their best students? And this is ridiculous. Whereas Sienna doesn't like see it that way. She's like, no, it can't. It can't be. It's got to be somebody, someone else. Someone else is trying to frame them. You know, it, it couldn't be the Empire or the Academy's fault. She's still too naive. Yep. And that's kind of her problem, it seems like, throughout the whole book. She gets, she's really naive towards just how evil the, the Empire is. And it's like she just has a blinder for that. She doesn't want to see the bad. Hand in the sand. You know, thing works just that. But discovering it hurts their relationship. Which is crazy because you would think almost like uh, where they were both getting blamed, that would hurt the relationship. They both knew. They just knew that they wouldn't do that. But when it comes down to the Empire and authority, they, they both have two very different views. Where she, she respects authority and would, you know, help in any way. On the other hand, Thane does not respect authority and i guess because of his family he knows you know kind of how rich people act in the galaxy or has an idea of how they would act in the, the galaxy so he just knows that they always have alternative motives <laughs> yeah. they probably straight up already suspected them and this was just confirming his beliefs yeah yeah he gets angry and help that they're like 15 so they're all hormony and shit too so yeah he even uh he goes as far I forgot about this in the book to say that like he's making up crimes against them saying that they, the student outcomes must have took bribes or something to try to to stop them. One of the other students must be in orders. Yeah. Oh, you know what it probably is? He probably thinks his dad's behind it because his dad tried to sabotage him getting in by beating him up before that, that test. Yeah, he kind of gets that, that feeling like somebody's against him. And it's got to be somewhat like the Academy's getting paid to do it or something like that. They're, they're crooked. Can't blame him for that. Nope. That happened to him. Now our budding romance. This is a, their whole argument comes down to these two lines that they say. And I think I wrote both of them down in here. Right. Yeah. This one, you think everything. Oh, yeah. This is what Thane tells her with their argument, which is what it kind of boils down to in the end. He tells her that you think everything the Academy and the Empire does is perfect. And then Sienna tells him, and you think everything authority, I guess, figures do is evil like your father. Oh, oh yeah. And that this is the part that really uh, even splits the divide more is when she starts to talk about his father when they're having this argument, pretty sure. Oh, bad move, Sienna. Oh, yeah. And it spirals down from there. Thane calls Sienna a coward, and Sienna tells him to learn to deal and grow up. <laughs> uh, this this is a... Yeah, 
This is a turning point in their relationship for the worse. Sienna can no longer trust in Thane's loyalty to the Empire because of pretty much because of the things he had said right there because he's kind of kind of feels cheated by it and it doubts their I guess purity in her eyes that they only do good. She got, she got too emotional. Yeah, she she has just gotten too uh like she she's all in on the Empire. Like it's either good or I'm or I'm bad and I'm not bad. It's gotta be good. Yeah. Like she's too emotionally invested because if she hadn't thrown the daddy card, he probably would have been like, you know, I'm from a noble family. I've seen this kind of thing happen, but nope. she don't want to hear it. Okay, and the thing leaves the room, Jude goes to hug Sienna and Sienna she just she just starts crying. Like she is a really upset. Even though she was mad with him and she was trying to keep a straight face and everything, she just breaks down after he, he leaves. Let's see and then and that's the end of that chapter. To be a teenager and stupid, right? Yeah. <laughs> that one's just pretty much defined by by that argument. Pretty much wrapping up the laser cannon debacle and then right into their relationship taking a whole another turn from two students who are completely loyal to one another and know everything that each other are doing and all almost like they're in a relationship but not quite yeah now oh, that shit's awkward yeah now it's gonna be awkward they don't really trust or at least she doesn't trust his loyalty to the empire we are now on chapter seven even and see in oh this yeah this is a good part that's gonna come in towards the end of their story. And it's where they're in a Star Destroyer simulator, kind of simulated like class. And Dane is being asked, what would he do if his Star Destroyer was boarded? And uh, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. He says he would send troops to escape pods, then tell the officers to start self-destruct, and... He pretty much says that he's gonna, he would send the troops to the escape pods and then just have the officers that would be on the bridge, which are gonna be the only ones that should be left over at that point, mm -hmm. to start to self destruct. And then there's escape pods for them near the bridge and all. And even the captain has his own escape pod if they choose to use it, which I mean, the Empire, most of their captains probably used the escape pod before they even yeah they'd be the first ones off the ship private you're now the commandant good luck yeah because, i mean <laughs> that's how i've read in some of them yeah they're just like oh no the ship's going down or it's failing well keep fighting and then they just kind of like fade into the background and go find that escape pod <laughs> I say, keep fighting i'm gonna leave but you keep fighting yeah cover my escape but oh let's see so I'm gonna assume what he does is what she does later. They sends them all off, seals himself in the bridge with like a password. Well, no, he he goes for a different route. Uh, he doesn't go for the murder himself. Like he he gets the troops off, then has them self destruct the ship. Then the officers and all would go to their escape pods, and so would he. Like they would they would all get off the ship, but destroy the ship that way. It couldn't get into enemy hands. Because that is pretty much their main purpose for the captain. It's not so much the captain has to go down with the ship. Yeah, they cannot let a Star Destroyer fall into the hands of the enemy. Because that would be the worst possible scenario. So, And then he is found wrong. 
because Sienna oh, what? then pipes in in the class because I think uh, I think it was I think the instructor asked is anyone find anything wrong with this and Sienna pipes in and you know says yes because she says the officers could be in firefights and could not you know reach the bridge and then the captain she says should lock himself on the bridge. Send all troops to escape pods while she seals, while she starts self-destruct and rides the ship to crash on a nearby planet or a sun. The suicide route. And the instructor, he actually approves of this. Oh, Sienna, value your life more. And yeah, that's pretty much what uh, Bane frowns on this. Like the, the instructor, he he likes it. And it's pretty much like, that's what you should do. At all costs, make sure that that Star Destroyer gets destroyed. Whereas Thane, he kind of frowns on it and is like, no, you should always try to live to fight another day. Like, destroy the ship. Mm -hmm. But at all costs, get your men off of it and get yourself off of it. So, you know, you can get back into the fight. Otherwise, it's a waste. Tell how he feels. She's got the mindset like them where they're just cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, this is the other thing that kind of uh, puts a little, kind of divides them from one another is that at this point in their, academy, I guess you'd call their academy careers, they're they're starting to be on different tracks. Oh. And she's starting to get on a Star Destroyer type commander track to where she's training to command a whole ship, whereas he's going towards elite fighter pilot track, a TIE fighter pilot. I can see that, because I think he wants more of the freedom, whereas he, if he was a captain of a Star Destroyer, he'd be very tied down. Yeah, yeah, and he'd have to make a lot of rougher decisions that he doesn't want to make, where it could put hundreds and thousands of people's lives in jeopardy, where Jude kind of seems like she can make those decisions that the Empire wants her to make that could be horrible. <laughs> she would regret later on. Yeah, it, it's so funny because she's so family-oriented, but she's very cold and logical when she makes these decisions on people's lives. Yeah, there's parts too when she's doing these that she's kind of in her head. She's like, she knows it's wrong, but she has to do it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the enemy wins. Mm -hmm. That us-they mentality they put in. Even though their relationship is a little rocky, it is also... Uh, is in here that he, he mentions or is like saying to himself that not being able to see her because they're on different tracks and all really hurts him. Hmm. It probably hurt too at this point. They don't say it, but... Yeah, they're both too proud to admit. They're both, yeah. <laughs> they were both wrong, so they're going to just let it sue. At this point, they're a couple of months from graduation. Sienna's... I know I'm probably not saying this right. Munya which is like a, it's a big old hairy beast, uh, like burden kind of animal. And it, instead of using bridge crawlers, which is the mechanical version of uh, one of them, kind of, the uh, second waivers would use them a lot to get around up and down the mountains and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, the valley people, that's what they call them, which was uh, what Sienna's people are, they would use the munyas to get around. And at this point, her poor Munya that she liked has died. Oh, kind of like her pony or horse. Yeah, kind of. And she, uh, so she tells Thane and he tries to comfort her, but she remembers how he, how he had shut her out after, uh, they had started, you know, 
she kind of talked about his dad and she didn't like that. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that. So that still kind of uh, messes with the, the relationship. Like she doesn't think she can get close to him, mm-hmm. even though they want to. Both these people need to just say they're sorry. Mm-hmm. So then a uh, few weeks to graduation and it's Sienna and Thane and Zed. They wind up being the top three students of their class. And because they're the top three students of their class, they wind up getting picked to go to this big ball that's being had, I believe, in uh, the Imperial Palace. And it's a lot of upper ranks and all, including, I think there's, they said there's supposed to be Turk and as mentioned. The only one that's not going to be there or that they don't think is going to be there is uh, Palpatine. Mm, it's our chance to mingle with the bigwigs. Yeah, they get to mingle with all the bigwigs and kind of network. Are they still teenagers at this point? Because I know we're kind of, it's kind of fast forwarding through their school. They're probably getting closer to their 20s at this point, I believe. I think they're getting in their upper teens. That's what I figured, because I figured this would be like their high school, because they started at like 14, 15. They'll probably get out at like 17, 18, maybe 19. Yeah. The pair bump into Ved. Oh, yeah. This, this kind of heals their relationship just a little bit. I mean, it's not fully, mm-hmm. but they, they bump into Ved while they're at the ball. He is just, I mean, drunk. He's stumbling around, and when one of them kind of bumps into him, literally, they can just smell the Carillion uh, liquor, they say, on him. And uh, I believe it was Sienna, she mentions that she's like, and that liquor is not even here, so he probably brought it with him. <laughs> and he's the other valedictorian, right? Like he's the other guy that went there to represent? Oh, yeah, he's the other one from the Academy that went with them. But yeah, he he's also... Thane's roommate. Oh. The one that has the dad that's a uh, ISB, like a uh, general, something like that. The guy who's like kind of backstabby that they kind of suspect might have messed with them. Yeah, that they think, they don't want to believe it, but they think that he could be capable, like his dad could be capable of messing with them to get his son in a higher ranking. Mm-hmm. Because he did move up in that test. He was higher than that. But it still wasn't enough to, you know, displace them from the top two ranks. Yeah. I don't believe. It was enough to put him up there, though. He's in the top three. Yeah, he got to stay up there. <laughs> Which is funny, because that kid probably could have done it on his own, since he's already very technically savvy. Okay, yeah. This is where, uh, when they do bump in the vent, Ved winds up, like, laughing at them and picking with them going, like, laughing. Oh, the Academy and Student Outcomes played you two like a fiddle. They got exactly what they wanted out of y'all. They split y'all up and uh, stuff. And like, and he's like, he just keeps telling them different things like this. And they're getting mad with him. But they're also like realizing hmm, he's so drunk that these two are almost like just peeling him like an onion to get all the information. It's like, oh, well, really? Well, and he's... Mm-hmm. At this point, he's like, uh, he tells them that student outcome, like, he's like, you, you bumpkin backwater worlds don't realize that the student outcome, that is what they're there for. They're there to make sure that two people like you from the same planet and all don't get close to one another. They're there to split you apart and to make you more independent. <laughs> they're forcing them to break those family bonds so they have to turn to the Empire. Yeah, it, it goes uh, to stop cadets from helping each other 
and from forming bonds and strong loyalties towards one another. Because what it always comes down to is you must have absolute loyalty to the Empire. No one else. Mm -hmm. They don't want any of their officers to form bonds. They want them to all be backstabbing one another, trying to get to the top. <laughs> yeah, Sienna picked the Empire over him, so it worked. Yep, yep. Their little plan worked. But at least at this point, their eyes are kind of opened a little bit. And especially Sienna, like, she's she kind of realizes a little bit, I believe, at one point in here they talk about it like her eyes are open a little bit at towards it she's like oh maybe he, he was right and i was wrong and i'm so naive but she doesn't want to like reveal that to fame that she was wrong mm -hmm. and that she was naive which shows how naive she is she's too childish to admit she was wrong yeah you know what it is it's the it's the sunk cost fallacy where you put so much effort into something you don't want to give up on it. So she, even though she's faced with all this evidence, she refuses to admit that they're just evil. Yeah, yeah, that's just what I got written here. She's like she's so ashamed that she doesn't want to tell Thane that he was right and that the academy that the academy actually did did something wrong by them, which she believes they shouldn't, they wouldn't. They pretty much, uh, they wind up bumping into Jude after this, and Jude gets to talking to Sienna, but, uh, between Sienna and Thane kind of, like, gently nudging Jude, mm -hmm. like, you know, to, we want to be alone, can you know, let us talk alone? And uh, go somewhere else. <laughs> Scram, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So then she finally goes off. You have to go on without her so they can talk. And they do. They do wind up apologizing to one another. So pretty much what happens, this is getting towards the end. Well, this is the end of this chapter. And they're at the ball and they're walking around. And after they had talked to Jude and they kind of went to split off to talk to one another, they go off to like this balcony. I believe it was, and they just get to talking about everything and kind of start, you know, seeing we were kind of stupid. Why did we do this? Why did we do that? We we know how each other are and all. We should have known better. And they're apologizing. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah. And they, they talk about their future and stuff, what she's going to like her track and what she wants to do. She tells him that she wanted to fly, but she realizes that she is a lot better at, you know, the command kind of deal. So she she's going to go that route, whereas he really likes to fly and be free, you know, and not have that authority figure over him. So he kind of really wants to be his little lone, you know, elite TIE fighter pilot. Now, that ends that chapter. We all want chapter eight. We move along. Each one. Oh, I meant to ask you, while they were at the ball with the drunk guy, is that when they reveal that he's not the one? Like, he's he's like, I'm not the one who sabotaged it. Um, did he? No, I don't think he, uh... Because you said he said that the student outcomes did it. So I was wondering if they confronted him with their suspicion that he had done it. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, I think he does. Like, he doesn't say he didn't do it and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he, he does, I think, tell them at one point in there that you guys are idiots that the student outcome are the ones that did that. They set up that little incident there mm -hmm. to make them distrust one another and stuff. <sighs> you poor, sweet, innocent children. Uh, what is the Southern saying? You poor, sweet, summer child. <laughs> I feel like I missed something. Well, we're starting eight. They went to the ball. I guess they had a graduation. Oh, 
That's what it was I missed. I don't know why I didn't write it in here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was mentioned later. I missed it in my notes. When they were at the ball, Dane, uh, he winds up having a dance with Leia Organa. Oh, he means Leia. Yeah. They kind of like, they're at a point where they're kind of like, it's uh, almost like one of those old-fashioned dances where they're rotating two partners. Yeah. And he was dancing with Sienna. But then they had to switch partners, and he got Leia Organa, and he was really impressed by her. And they all wanted to meet her, and even uh, Sienna sees them. I think she sees them dancing, and I think, uh, I don't know if it was Jude or Candy. I think it might have been Candy. Gave her a little uh, a little nudge because of it <laughs> and all, because she wanted to meet her. But uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure I had mentioned that. I don't know why I didn't write that in here. I might have missed it. You just overlooked it. But yeah, he meets Leia Organa because there's a lot of big names that wind up coming through in this book that these two meet. Like these are two you would almost think no-name characters and all of this, but they have a lot of dealings. Well, not real big dealings, but they do bump into a lot of big characters in Star Wars. I mean, shit, she's got... Like, sure, they don't, like, name drop her in the movie, but she's one of those heads of the big starship, so she's kind of important. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Thane is also, he like, he's impressed by Leia and also kind of, I don't know how to put it, almost mesmerized by the way she, uh... Smitten. Uh, not so much smitten, but, like, he, he realizes when she's sitting there and she's dancing with him, mm-hmm. like, she is in step and is doing, you know, making all the right moves for the dance and everything perfectly. But he describes, like, at the same time, you can see that she's not really paying attention to him and all in the dance. Like, she's off thinking about something else. She's, like, an intense thought thinking about something else. But she's keeping in perfect step with the dancing. So he was, like, really impressed. Yeah, he's just kind of impressed by her just ability to, like, multitask, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can't say much because I wouldn't be surprised about that because Leia is a princess. She's probably been to a million balls. Yeah. That shit's like second nature to her at this point. Yeah, that is just ingrained in her. <laughs> she could probably do that dance blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now go back to this chapter. Okay, chapter eight. This is the pair have, they've now had three years in the Royal Academy, have their assignments. At the ceremony, Sienna is now in gray commander manual form with lieutenant squares on her chest. And let's see, and Dane, which I believe this is, he's in an armor, which he doesn't really care for on the surface because this armor is heavy and gaudy and kind of all claustrophobic feeling. <laughs> is it like more function over form? Yeah. Thane is in the back with the elite fighters in type pilot armor and not liking it <laughs> at all. Can't blame him because that armor has like the breathing apparatus and shit too because they don't have atmosphere in those things. Yeah. It's probably like a deep sea diving thing. Yeah, it's made like extra thick and all too to like uh, be able to stand up to space. Just to- the vacuum of space and everything, so it's a lot, a lot heavier. And from what he described too, I think it's a lot more like you can't move around as easily as if you were in uh in the ship. I guess because in the ship you don't really have to spin around and look all over you. You just have to kind of look forward. So, but when you're on the ground, you're not made to move in it. Yeah, you don't have. It's not made to move around and walk around on the surface and fight. <laughs> you're supposed to be sitting in a chair. And Sienna is going to be posted to the. 
Star Destroyer the Devastator, oh. which I know that uh, most people, you might not know what this name is, but they've already figured out where she's going to be posting. I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> but the Devastator is Darth Vader's ship <laughs> before he got the, uh, the Super Star Destroyer. This is his regular Star Destroyer. Dear God, girl, watch your step. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Dane is going to be posted to a new top secret space station. <laughs> the Death Star. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So these two no-nuttons are going to two of the most important places in the Star Wars story coming up. One in the Darth Vader's Star Destroyer and the other in the Death Star. Which they'll both be in the same spot eventually because Darth Vader's got to defend the Death Star. Yeah, shit. And so they part with Thane kissing Sienna on the cheek. Aw, how cute. Surprising her, but she likes it. She and walks <laughs> walks out walks out looking back longingly. Yeah, because at, at this point they're still not like they're not at the point to where they are romantic towards one another. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of starting to recognize that that each other are starting to look kind of good. Yeah. They're growing into... I think you mentioned it in earlier chapters that they were noticing each other, but then they had that fallout, so it's just taking them a long time to get back to that that comfort level. Yeah, back to that point in their relationship because of the the hurt from being blamed, blaming one another. Yeah. Now that they've healed that. I, like, resonate so hard with these characters because they're they're friend-zoning each other because that's what happened to me and Clayton. We were friends since, like, elementary school didn't t- get together till well after high school because neither one of us wanted to take the chance of ruining a very long friendship to test a relationship, you know? Yeah. So I can see why Thane and Sienna are kind of like, uh, I don't know if he feels the same way. I don't want to test this. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, we're following Sienna's story a little bit here. She's on the, uh, Devastator and Star Destroyer and she's just walking the halls and she's kind of like thinking to herself that after three weeks, she's starting to feel like an officer and not quite like a cadet yeah like a fresh cadet that just got there and all because it kind of happened on her her first engagement with the rebels she had the tractor beam leia's blockade runner from the uh, from the movie new hope pretty much if you remember like the when they're they're tractor beaming her and stuff she was one of the people that had to help Pretty much get the tractor beams locked onto her her ship. So at this point, Leia has already joined the rebels, and that everybody knows it now. They don't quite know it because you'll see her here in a minute. We get to uh, where Ved comes in after they've caught Leia, and uh, Sienna is like kind of apologetic to him, and it's like, "I'm so sorry this happened. Like, I'm sorry she's a uh, your princess is a rebel and being convicted and all of this." And he's yeah. He kind of gets a little defensive. It's like, no, this can't be. It's not her fault. It's the people around her that's making her do this. It can't be the royal, you know, the royal family and stuff. Oh, so he's stationed with her on that starship? Yeah, Ved is. He winds up being stationed there as a, a TIE fighter pilot. And I believe Jude winds up being stationed also with her on that ship. Because she has another girlfriend, a uh, female friend, the one that's like barefoot and a kick ass. Yeah, Candy. Yeah. Jude one, I think, is on the Death Star too. Um, Candy, I think, 
I'm not sure where she was. She kind of just disappears. Mm. Like they don't talk about her much till later on. She pops in. Kind of just is off doing her own thing. And she winds up, spoiler, big spoiler, if y'all don't want to catch this early on, she winds up popping in later as a rebel. <laughs> Thane turns rebel and he's like talking to a bunch of other rebels and there's a group coming in of new rebels and in that group of new rebels just happens to be candy and he sees her and his eyes light up like whoa well how what are you doing here <laughs> but they are both kind of it's not like a kind of moment where they both run to one another and hug and like oh yeah you're a rebel too no they're both kind of wary because they're still kind of like wait a minute i'm an imperial who ran away and has gone AWOL, and here's another Imperial. Is she really another Imperial that's gone AWOL, or is she an Imperial that was sent to find me yeah. and bring me back or kill me? Are you a spy, or are you real? Because, you know, the Empire isn't above, in his eyes, finding someone he likes and would know in order to drop his guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if it's Candy, that's her friend, and she is a very Empire person, so... Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely be also very hesitant. Yeah. Okay, she was also there when the... Okay, the captain told the lieutenant next to her to not fire. So she was... I have to look in the movie. She was sitting next to the guy uh, at the tractor beam station that the commander guy told not to fire on the escape pod because there was no life forms in it. You know, I want to say, because we've mentioned that she's in, like, parts that we've seen in the movies, I want to say that I remember seeing, like, a female officer, and it was weird because it was only, like, one. Yeah. So I guess that must have been her. I, that's what I was thinking, but I, I haven't gone back to look. I need to do that. Find out exactly what She tells Nash about Leia's treason, and he believes... It's not Leia's fault that it's uh, like her consorts and stuff like that, the people around her. Yeah. I mean, he probably thinks, oh, she thought she was doing something else. Because doesn't she say that she's like on a diplomatic mission or some bullshit? Yeah. Oh, I have to say this too, because this reminds me. Uh, after we watched uh, Larogue 1, I'm like, so that means that when Darth Vader chased those people down that hallway onto Leia's ship, made eye contact with the ship, chased her down, and then she just bald-faced lies to him. But he kind of explains why like, he's so mad. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, bitch, I just saw you! <laughs> like, if only at that point that they knew they were father and daughter. Oh, man, would you want me to take you on my knee? I see what you did. <laughs> bitch, please. Get high, dang. This is great. Okay, yeah, it's the people. He's, he pretty much tells her it's got to be the people around her. She couldn't have done this and that her name will be cleared. And Sienna, on the bridge of the Devastator now, I believe it was she, she winds up walking into the commander's office or something like that. And when she walks in, Harkins Hollow is standing, is standing in there. Hmm. And uh, he remembers her and praises her and signs off with a nod to her, pretty much like acknowledging that he remembers her. But she liked that. That had to be like awesome for her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I believe she she even like thinks about it because it's like most officers don't get that in the Empire, that kind of recognition from Turkin where she and Thane does. They get it even more now that once they're out of the academy, I don't know if Turkey was exactly following them closely or he might have been following their career mm -hmm. a little bit after meeting them too. 
here coming up. He meets her, and I think he, I don't know if he meets Thane or not, but he realizes that they are both really good at what they do. And then he pretty much tells her that he's going to be keeping an eye on their careers. It's got to feel good for how hard she's worked to get where she is. Just sucks that this is the, these are the people she put her faith in. Oh, yeah. That was the very next thing that I wrote down here. After he praised her, he says that he will keep close tabs on the two of them. Same. Well, and all over, over the size of the Death Star, which he's now at, is, is contacted by Sienna. And she tells him that the Devastator is on its way, I believe, to go to the, uh, the Death Star. And she tells him that they're going to meet up. And so she wants to meet up with him and Jude because both of them are on the Death Star. Mm -hmm. And she wants to get together so they can kind of, you know, reminisce and everything, talk about their new assignments. But I think it was after this conversation, I believe he was working doing maintenance and stuff. And he gets the call that they have to be ready. And so he has to go out and deal with... Uh, uh, kind of gets deployed. Yeah, they got to get to ready stations to be deployed. And as the hangar bay opened, Jane saw a planet. Oh, no. Is this when they blow up Alderaan? I think so. Oh. Yeah. They opened up the hangar and they see a planet. And the commander started his speech on how the Organas and and the government of Alderaan, I gotta switch my thing, but it's probably on how they've supported the rebels and stuff. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, have been secretly supporting the rebels as Thane tries to make sense of what he just heard. And old Nash, oh, he, he's like remembering what Nash told him about Alderaan and stuff. Oh, and as he was doing that, there was a deep vibration in the station. God, did he know the Death Star was just a giant laser planet killer? No, none of them. But uh, they felt the deep rumble. And in the next second, the planet was just gone. And Thane was in shock. Not so much some of the other people. This little hangar speech kind of thing, when I, when I was hearing it and it was being described, mm -hmm. it made me think back to the uh, the newer movies. I believe it was on Awaken. Where I don't know if you've uh, seen it. it. It was on a lot of the commercials and the ads for it. Where they got that guy, he's like standing up and it almost seems like, I hate to, I hate to make this comparison, but he almost seems like Hitlerish. I know what you're talking about. Yes, I remember that. Yes, I totally made that connection too. Yeah, like he's screaming and he's like, and the Empire will try out kind of thing. That's kind of how this speech felt. Mm -hmm. Like he was drumming up the Empire. So that when they killed the planet, instead of all of the troops being shocked, like, oh my god, did we just do this? Mm -hmm. Instead, they're like, yeah, we did that. We just destroyed a planet that supported the Rebel Alliance kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Thrain is kind of, you know, kind of in the back, not wanting to be seen, but he's he's thinking, this is horrible. I don't know, why did we do this? Yeah. Oh, there's a couple rebels on that planet, so the whole planet is getting glass. Yeah, so the whole planet has to die. Yeah. <laughs> billions and billions of people. And don't feel bad. I know what you're talking about. The, uh, I think it's the seventh movie? Like, the first of the new movies? Yes. When I saw that commercial, I was like, oh, that is a very Hitler-y speech. Mm-hmm. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah, I think so, too. Because he's, like, the new bad guy. Because they even do, like, the call and response of, like, 
I forget what they say, but it's like whatever the call is, like long live the empire or something. Uh, I forget, but yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it was. I didn't watch, the, I didn't watch the new ones as much as I watched the other ones. I couldn't get into them at first, but now that I've read a lot of the other stuff and it kind of makes some of that make sense, I'll probably watch this more. Yeah, if I think about it, I can remember some of the parts from the movies, but I think my favorite part is that part where they're like talking to BB-8 and he just pulls out the lighter, it like lights it, it's like a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> and Finn's just like, okay, yeah, that was the end of that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, chapter nine. So the guy that's from Alderaan, he's on her ship, right? He's on the Star Destroyer? Yeah, Nash is, uh, he's assigned to the same ship as her. Oh, they're going to get there and find out Alderaan's gone and that's going to be, oof. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he knows. I think he he winds up knowing too. Pretty much. Did they send out like a thing saying that they did it? Because I I figured they would just find out when they got there because they were on their way. Uh, I think they wind up telling them. Like I think they hear about it on the way, but uh, it gets confirmed like when he gets there. That confused me because like on Rogue One they do the thing where the guy's talking on the communicator in hyperspace. I'm pretty sure her. The Devastator should be in hyperspace going there. So they wouldn't get communication. But they kind of retconned that, I guess. Oh, they were there. Oh, they were there. Ooh. Yeah. I, I was just reading the first part of chapter 9, and it says that uh, Sienna saw the planet die. And the people and almost started to cry yeah. when she saw Nash go pale as a ghost next to her. His world and family just died. Yeah, I think they were at their workstations on the uh, the Devastator when it happened. And they had seen it. Yeah, and they were still working. And he goes pale. And she almost kind of like, I think at that point, she, after that happened, like she tries to cover for him almost. Like, you got to keep going kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Don't show but then they, they get out in the hallway and she kind of feels bad for him and sends him to his uh, room, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After a quiet trip to his bunk and he doesn't talk the whole way. Uh, Sienna winds up meeting with Jude instead of Jude and Thane because Thane, he was out on a... Uh, they deployed him? Yeah, I believe he was out deployed. He had gone out before because... I don't know why I didn't put these in this book. I must have put it in a, one of my other little notebooks alongside of it for the big, uh, like whenever they went to somebody. But he was, he was one of the pilots that went out after the uh, Millennium Falcon. Ah, okay. That makes sense. So that means Millennium Falcon escaped. So that means they have Leia now. Like they took Leia away. Oh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. She meets with Jude. And when they're together, they wind up talking and Jude. Pretty much, she tells Sienna that the Hollow News is just a lie. That the Rebel Alliance is much, much more dangerous than they've been telling them. I mean, they have to be if they blow up a planet, right? Otherwise, it's like, why? And they say that the Empire is not, like, peacekeeping. They are preparing for a war. And this demonstration might have ended it. Jude's and the Empire's reasoning is that many billions died in the uh, in the last Galactic War. If a few million must die to stop the next Galactic War, so be it. Yeah. 
You just kind of messed up. That took me a while to say that. But yeah. yeah, you're good. They're trying like a shock and awe tactic. Yeah. See what we can do? Don't step out of line. Mm-hmm. Or we destroy the planet. Mm-hmm. But hmm, does that ever work? Yeah, right. We'll destroy a planet if you step out of line. But then the rebels, you know, you got to think about what they're thinking. Then they're just kind of like, oh, my God, they can destroy a planet. We have got to do something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got to stop them. Plus, I mean, the Empire is kind of like overstepping because like, I'm going to destroy every planet that stands up against us. Then there won't be any left. Mm -hmm. Can't destroy every planet that stands up against you. Yeah. Yeah, which is one thing that really hurt the Empire there is that the planet they destroyed was also, you know, almost like a big money planet. I mean, you just destroyed a lot of wealth and culture. They were big in the art community and uh, political thinking, which I'm sh- the Empire probably didn't care much for that anyway. Yeah, they probably didn't care about all that stuff. They probably just wanted to make an example and be like, this is the representation of the rebels. They're too free. All right, and at this point, Sienna gets the call that all crew members have to be on hand to depart soon. So she she leaves, never seeing Thane, and has to go back to the Devastator. Thane was having a hard time dealing with the death of so many innocents, but while waiting on a hollow from Sienna. He got ordered to ship out to the... Let's see if I can say this right. Dantooine. He's being sent to Dantooine because right now at the uh, the Death Star, Turkin has gotten done you know, doing his little interrogation of uh, Leia and has threatened her and everything and, and you know got that information from her where he goes, give up a rebel base, and she does and tells him the rebels are on Dantooine. And then he winds up blowing up Alderaan anyway, which is that whole last little thing. Well, that's why he's being sent here. It's because he's the one, his little crew, along with a bunch of other, I think they sent a whole bunch of people, to go there to make sure that base is there, and if so, destroy it. When they get there, the base is empty, and they're they're all gone. That's like uh, with the military, they're trained when they get captured to say a certain thing. All the rebel leaders are probably trained, hey, Give this base up if you get caught, and we'll know, so we'll just abandon it. Envisioning the abandoned rebel base, expected to be that this is one of the, like Jude tells Sienna that the rebels are much more dangerous than they had thought. Well, this is where Thane kind of figures it out for himself. He is in the abandoned rebel base and realizes from walking through the base and having to live in the base. Because at this point, they're not getting orders from their commanders, so they're just, like, waiting around. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of, like, wandering through the base. And uh, he's seeing all the equipment and everything. Well, not so much equipment. There is some equipment left behind. Mm-hmm. But he's seeing, like, a huge hangar that is fit for way more ships than they thought the Rebels even had. And it's almost like an Empire kind of, like, scale base. He's realizing it's not just a bunch of farmers with pitchforks. This is an organized thing. Yeah, and he's, like, surprised to find... I know that there's lots of stations for high-tech equipment. The equipment's not there, but they have, like, the, you know, the infrastructure and the, the stuff there actually run it. Yeah, he's like, this is no rabble. This is an army. 
They have been underestimating the rebels. That's the Empire's thing, though. They underestimate everybody. He goes, this is where Thane uh, realizes that terrorism is never the answer and that the Empire is just as guilty at it as the rebels, if not more so. Yeah, I mean, they just blew up a planet. Yeah. Thane wanted to be a lifer in the military, but now he, he doesn't know... If he could wear his uniform another five minutes. He's kind of just disgusted with himself. Yeah, he's like, he's, things are starting to click in his head that the Empire really is much worse than they thought. Which is saying something because he never trusted them from the beginning. Yeah. And then let's see, and Sienna on the Devastator is told to keep an eye. Probably on Nash since he was from Alderaan. I don't think, I don't see Nash. Oh, maybe they're just keeping her by the Death Star? Okay, okay. That's pretty much what it is, is that he's now stuck over on Dantooine, which is where the fake Rebel base was. They sent to make sure it wasn't a Rebel base. But once they finally found out from Leia that the real base was on Yavin, then that's where Darth Vader and his Devastator goes to Yavin. And that's what they're doing right now, is she's uh, being told to keep eyes on feeds on Yavin. The Battle of Yavin is the big thing, right? Yeah, that's going to be the big one. I don't think we're to that point just yet. This is kind of like, I guess, where Darth Vader, his ship is going near it. They kind of... They're aware of it. Almost spy on it kind of deal to see if they are there. Yeah. That's what this is. This is during the battle. I should have wrote in here somewhere that this was like during the uh the battle. This is where uh So this is during the battle for Yemen? Yeah. Well this is uh the first Death Star being destroyed. Uh, I do believe. Because this is where she's watching the feeds from the, the Death Star and she sees the Millennium Falcon and an X Wing flying at top speed away from it and then all the feeds go black. Uh, so she can't she can't see anything coming from the uh, the Death Star anymore. It must have been a time jump because I don't think the Death Star blows up like minutes after Alderaan explodes. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. I think they must have had a bit of a little time skip in the book here to where they they went from them capturing her and sending them to those different places to check on it. I'm guessing while they were checking on it, they were sending the Death Star go to Yavin, but they didn't they didn't get there. It might not be when the Death Star blows up. Maybe this is when they raid the Death Star for Leia. Because she was still on there, apparently. Uh, they didn't have the X-Wing with them, though. Didn't they, when they escaped? No. They, they were all on the Millennium Falcon. Well, they said a Millennium Falcon and a, a, a TIE Fighter. So maybe did someone else leave for the TIE Fighter? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, this isn't when they chased them. Because when they chased them was just before uh, when Thane... Before he had to go in the hangar and they had that speech with the commander, mm-hmm. the deal where he had gotten called away before that, that's when he was with the other TIE fighters and they chased Han Solo away. So that's when he had rest. Oh, they, they may have kind of jumped around back and forth because they keep jumping from Thane's story to uh, Sienna. I seen that in the book. Like they almost rewind a little bit to go back to talking where they left off. Like they'll talk about Sienna. Mm-hmm. And go through her story, and then they'll jump back <laughs> to where they left off with Sienna, but then they'll give Thane's story from that point on. It gets, it's a bit of confusing. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're at the battle part here. Okay. 
Okay, here, the screens went black. Everyone around her was confused, blaming text, but she knew the, oh yeah, she knew the unthinkable just happened. I think that's what's going to wind up being. I think this is where the Death Star has been destroyed. Yeah. Now we jump to chapter 10. Chapter 10 in. And this one, Zane is still on uh, Dantooine. And he kind of gets stuck on Dantooine. Because once the Death Star gets uh, destroyed, it's like all communications and stuff kind of break down for a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, they don't even know where he is, right? Because he was stationed for the Death Star. So they're like, where was he? Was he there when he exploded? Oh, well, they know he's... Well, she doesn't know exactly where she where he is, but the higher-ups know where he is. Thane, he's still there, and they, they get news that something's happened. But most of, uh, most of the other people around him and all, they don't believe it, and they think it's just... It's a trap set up to get rebels to come out and be more confident. Like, oh, the Death Star's been destroyed. And, you know, kind of lure the rebels to get more confident so they can trap them. Yeah. That's what most of them think, that it couldn't have been destroyed. It's just in hiding. But Thane and a few other people, they they know the real deal that something something horrible has happened and that it, it's probably, it may have been destroyed. And they come to the realization that this also means that the rebels must have a much larger fleet than they previously thought. And so they could be a real threat. And now, uh, as I we oh, we jumping back and forth. <laughs> now we're back to Sienna. In doing her duty, uh, she found a data packet from... I know what this is coming to. Uh-oh. She, yeah, she found a data packet from Jude on the Death Star. It's to her superiors. She found, oh yeah, she found the same flaw that they talk about in the Death Star that that scientist. Oh, the one the guy built in? Yeah, that that dude put in there. She winds up finding it and she sends a letter just before the destruction to her superiors and all telling them that, hey, there's this big flaw in the station and that if it gets hit, it could be taken out. So she sent it to her commanders, but yeah, they obviously didn't listen. <laughs> and then the station gets destroyed. So she's she feels pretty bad about that. Yeah, that just reminds me of the, the whole Titanic thing I always link. There's not enough lifeboats if the ship goes down. Oh, the ship's not going to go down. Yeah, but if it goes down, then it did. We don't think that far ahead. No. And now we are, see, soon after that happens, she is sent on a, a secret mission. She winds up being, uh, I forget who it was, it was one of the other uh, Star Destroyer commanders, I believe, or something. They come and pretty much get her and bring her to like a little briefing and give her this mission and stuff. Because they have to go and find out pretty much what happened, but also they gotta go get Darth Vader. Because he is still out there spiraling in space. After his ship got shot by uh, the Millennium Falcon during the uh, the whole raid on the Death Star to take it out. Oh, he's just out there spinning. Uh, and she's sent on the secret mission. She has to go with a, another pilot, Lieutenant Sai, to go recover Darth Vader. And because she's given this mission to go to the Star Destroyer to recover him, she thinks that this must mean that the Star Destroyer must still be operational, hopefully. Nah, you sweet summer child, no. Barris, the other pilot that's with her that I just said, her name was Sai. They gave the full name later, which is Barris 
Barisai, I believe is how it's pronounced. Yeah. But she is a native of Lothal and graduated from the academy there, I do believe, the year before Sienna graduated. Oh, so she's like a year above her. Yeah, but she graduated from the lesser academy, kind of. She didn't go to the, the Royal Academy. But she's from a planet that pops up a lot in Disney's new Canaan line, I guess you could say, is Lothal. It pops up in a lot of stuff. Lothal is becoming one of those, one of these big name planets, kind of, in this newer Disney storyline, I guess you call it. Almost <laughs> like a tattooing pops up everywhere. So, Psy allows Sienna to go greet Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, she allows her. Allows? She's like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she pretty much. Honor. I yeah. mean, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she pretty much, like, she is thinking to herself, yeah, I'm going to let you go meet Darth Vader. And she's kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll see. see how this turns out. She'll get to meet the evilness. Yeah, and I mean, he's probably pissed, and he force chokes people constantly, so go have fun with that. Yeah, yeah, she kind of, I think she warns, yeah, I think she winds up warning, kind of warning her about that, or Sienna kind of already knows. I think she, yeah, she already kind of knows his reputation, that sometimes officers that anger him, Dire. maybe not that they get murdered, but they're, they're no longer in yeah. command anymore. Like, she doesn't know that he's murdering them outright in front of people's faces. But she uh, thinks that they're just, like, getting retired. Yeah. Or fired, you know, kind of thing. Is this her first, like, face-to-face meeting with him? Yeah. This is going to be her first face-to-face meeting Darth Vader. Yeah, which is kind of like what Sai is thinking in her head. Because she's already met him and knows that just being near him is kind of dreadful. Oh, yeah, this is the part where you were saying that makes you think she's Force-sensitive because she can feel, like, his aura. Oh, this isn't quite that part, but, yeah, this he she does get the same kind of feeling. Yeah, I kind of skipped over a little bit here, so I did uh, skip right to that part. She's already, on this part I'm reading, she's in the ship, but she, the, uh, Sai lets her go back and meet him, and she pretty much, she goes back and greets him and tells him what's going on, and Vader asks her, who sent you? Because, like, he wants to know pretty much if it was Palpatine that sent her. Mm-hmm. But it winds up not being that. It was officers, and I think a muff, she says, that, that got together. And she was like, they sent me here to, to recover you. And so he's all right. He's just like, okay, you know, let's go on to the ship. So they board the ship. He informs them that you won't be in the pilot seat. I'll be piloting you two will be staying back here, you know, in the cargo area or whatever, because he just don't trust them. Yeah. Because he's, uh, you know, Darth Vader, he doesn't trust that one of those other officers or something more muff isn't trying to stab him in the back. Oh, yeah. And get rid of him. I'm sure is what he's thinking. They want to be Palpatine's right-hand man. That's who Darth Vader is. Mm-hmm. But while they're in the hold on the trip back, Cy, uh, Barris, I'm just going to call it Barris, because Sai is kind of weird. But she pretty much is like, so how, you know, how was it? And yeah, Sienna does not, uh, she did not enjoy being in Darth Vader's presence because it's like she describes it's like evil was oozing off of him. Yeah. It's not quite spoiler as bad as when she meets Palpatine. When she meets Palpatine, she almost describes it. It's not just that an evil is like oozing off of her. It's almost like she has an animal instinct to run. <laughs> but 
like fear is just when she sees him everything in her is just like run run fight or flight kicks in hard this is gonna kill you this is gonna kill you run <laughs> i like that that's how you phrase it too this is going to kill you like that's not a person that's that's just evil incarnate baby yeah yeah this is death <laughs> uh, back on the devastator uh sienna is worrying over over nash until nash informs her he is worried about saying his shuttle hasn't returned. His shuttle was supposed to return to the uh, the Death Star, but neither know for sure if it returned like before the uh, the Death Star got destroyed or not. So they don't know if Thane was on had gotten back. So he he might have been on it when it got destroyed or not. They don't. They're not quite sure. Now Thane is just got orders after a week of silence. That the group is to return to the fleet. Now, if I remember right, when they get back to the fleet, they're pretty much, they get on a shuttle and they go back. And I think they were, like, his com- the commander on the, the shuttle starts telling them, like, calling out names. You're going to this star destroyer, this so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. You're assigned to this star destroyer. and this Because everything's been changed up. Basically reassigned people. Yeah, they're all, like, getting reassigned to different places. And they gotta be. That starts on. Yeah. And Thane, he kind of gets to the point where he's starting to get a little nervous. And he asks, well, which ship are we going to or something like that? And the commander kind of, like, tells him, what does it matter? And he's just like, I gotta know. And so he finally tells him that we're about to dock with, like, the Devastator and all. And then also tells him, you're you're going to be, uh, he tells him you're going to be assigned to it. Oh, no, no, he's being sent somewhere else. That's what it is. But they're going to dock with the Devastator, so I think he'll have some time there. Oh, Thane's going to get to meet Darth Vader. Fun. Oh, no, he doesn't meet him yet. This is, uh, before they disembark, they are given their orders. Thane is to go to the... Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't think he ever meets Darth Vader yet. He gets orders to go to a shuttle to a watchtower to be sent to... Spice World. Koro Dai, I believe is how it's pronounced. Send him to the Spice Mines? Whoa. Yeah, one of their Spice Worlds. And, uh, okay, but first he looks for a calm, but he finds Sienna instead. Unfortunately, they they both had duty, but Beerus winds up covering for uh, Sienna so that Sienna and uh, Thane can talk for a little bit before they ha- Thane has to ship out. Thane and Sienna find a quiet place to talk. This is approaching the end, but at this point, when they're by themselves, they're, they're talking about how they were worried. They were so worried for one another. Like, he was worried for her because she was on the Devastator, and the Devastator was supposed to be stationed and protecting the Star Destroyer. The Death Star. God, why'd they have to make those two names so close? I know, right? But, yeah, they were supposed to be protecting... She was supposed to be protecting it, and so he was worried that she might have got caught up in the blast. Oh, yeah. And then she was worried for him because he was supposed to be returning to it and all. Then they wind up, uh, towards the end of it, they wind up having their first actual kiss instead of just the kiss on the cheek that he gave her. They have a full-on kiss. And it says at this point, they realize that they were always good friends, but that now they're also more 
than friends. We're dead chapter 13. Dun, dun, dun. That's the end of chapter 10. Yep. Oh, wow. And oh, let's see something. There was something else that I wanted to say. Yeah. I thought they might run into Darth Vader since he's on the Devastator, but I guess, yeah, he's he's on and then off again, so. Yeah, he just kind of like, he pops on to it just long enough to run down to that com, I believe. And then he winds up shipping right back out. I think he goes back to the shuttle bay and immediately has to leave again. So, yeah, he's not on there long enough to ever meet him. And then, boiler for the next, I believe it's going to come up in the next five chapters. This is probably the last time that he'll see Sienna while wearing an Empire uniform. Because after this, this is where he goes to this new planet, the Spice Mine. Mm -hmm. And this is where he completely loses heart with the Empire. Like, he is done. After he goes here, he leaves the Empire and decides to go AWOL. And hopes when he, he talks to Sienna one more time, and after talking to her, he hopes that she understands because they can't talk openly over the comms, but he hopes she understands that he is leaving the Empire and he wants her to come with him. But it doesn't work out that way. But I'm not going to tell you exactly how that works out. We'll have to find that out on the next episode. Dun, dun, <laughs> spoiler. I mean, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger for you peoples. <laughs> You'll have to come back next week. For, uh, yeah. yeah. So next week we'll probably do 11 through 15. There's 29 chapters, right? I think that's what we said. I believe so. Yeah, so we're almost halfway. Yep. We just about 15 halfway. would be halfway probably close. Yep. After this yeah. next one, we'll be halfway after the next episode. Yeah, guess. Uh, yeah, we're um, and we are breezing through it. So if y'all like love this book so far, pick it up. Mm -hmm. Let me look at this really quick so I can say. You know, this is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. So y'all want to check it out? Feel free to pick up the book. Come back and check out our uh, our little discussions. Uh, want to see us mm. play some spoopy games? Check out Dark Odin Gaming, and I guess we'll see you next time. Later. Yeah. <laughs> Later.